If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. Apostles. I'm George Reister, he's Ralph Amson, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. Yeah, baby, last season, not of us here, because we will still be colored, covering the college football, but not for the Pac-12, because who knows, will there be four teams, will there be two teams, will the AAC merge, will the Stanford and Cal go to the ACC, it ain't time to talk about that no more, we don't care, because it is foot ball time and we already got a game last week me and ralph both are uh we both hit the over under and we both are against the spread man this thing started out great usc san jose state and i had a conversation with mike yam that was pretty cool on my mad dog sports radio show and um ESPN struck a deal to play ACC games in movie theaters. Ralph, the second thing you put on here, I I don't know. I don't have an answer as to why the Pac-12 didn't do stuff like this. Whatever, bro. Uh, um, And then George Kliakoff. Yep, he's going to the college football playoff meetings in Dallas. There was at least one development that came out of that that was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, that's pretty damn dope. And uh, yeah, so, but we'll start with the USC San Jose State game. Ralph, USC dominated the game, obviously, right? Well, sorry, they 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 won the game 56 to 28. It was 21 to 7 at halftime. They gave up an ugly touchdown right before halftime. Caleb Williams, 278 yards, four touchdowns. 
Was this a good performance by the Trojans? It was a good performance by Caleb Williams and Zach Branch and the 56 different receivers that caught passes for USC. I think it was a really good performance for the offense. I think the questions are still there for Alex Grinch and the defense. And, oh, boy, did the Pac-12 network. (laughs) They they had a camera on Grinch the whole game. Do you notice that? Yes. Well, well, actually, I couldn't really (laughs) notice it because I was having trouble watching the damn game. That's right. That's right. You got me kicked off my sling like four different times. Okay. I got you kicked off logging back in. We were trying to we were trying to share passwords and Sling wasn't having it. Yeah, and then I was like, F it because ordinarily to for the Pac twelve network, I have to use my well, my my aunt, she uses mine. Uh, well, I use hers for Pac twelve network. She uses mine for something else that, that she wants to watch. Whatever, right? So sharing is caring. Yes. Even Netflix told you so until until they realized that it wasn't. Yeah, what makes Sling be so hardcore about this? Like, what what are they trying to gatekeep for? Yeah. Did you know, did you see that they I I uh I was looking for like how to get back on Sling, and I was like the Alf channel. Sling has the Alf channel, and all it does is play Alf. That's what Larry Scott got us on. Yeah. Next to the Alf channel. And and people, were, I was tweeting in frustration because people were like, it's not that hard to get on Pac-12 net, net, Network. Just log in with Sling or 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 uh, Spectrum or Charter or whoever else. I was like, dude, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cord cutter. I pay for what I want. Like the idea that I have to buy an entirely new subscription service at like 60, 80 bucks, however much it is a year, a month for to have Pac-12 network, somebody needs to get slapped in the face. Dude, the the idea of paying for it on on, on Apple for like five, 10, 10 bucks a month, way better, way better than than the current option. That's how Pac- the Pac-12 network could have done standalone streaming for forty dollars a month, 40 and it would have been less than Sling because it's I don't not want on it on Sling. It's a sports add-on. Plus, you got to pay for DVR because multiple games are, are being played at the same time. That's so the, I, that's the point. I'm paying eight hundred dollars a year to watch one channel. God damn it! <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm like f them because I don't have no damn cable boxes in my in in my house. I spent the money on internet. That's what I spent the money on. I spent the money on my internet. So it. Dude, I could not be any more frustrated with the availability of it. And truthfully, by the time I got my Spectrum account set up, because then I was like, F it, I'll just sign up for my own Spectrum account. I'll pay the money during during football season, whatever. Um, then Spectrum's like, nah, nah, that ain't going to work because it takes 24 hours for our stuff to update. I'm like, do you realize how antiquated <laughs> that that is to sign up for something and it takes 24 hours for it to work? Like, that's garbage. So then I was like, I got to go old school, buddy. Got it. Got it. Got to go old school. Locked up the VPN and then in, in, ended up on the Pac-12 inter, international feed. So I got a chance to watch it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, Caleb Williams looked great. Zach Branch looked electric. electric. Oh my god, he, dude! That he kid, had, that kid right there, that 
kid right there. Bro, he was like this in high school. I was like, oh, my God, he's yes. the Anthony Thomas, except fast. He was. He was. And I used to argue and say, like, this kid needs to flip. He needs to be a corner. He could be the greatest corner ever because his brother's a corner. I think he's even better. And I was wrong. He can do whatever he wants. He had me thinking. Now, this is not a comparison. He had me thinking about Reggie. No. That ain't he, it, no. I'm saying di- he had me thinking about Reggie. I didn't say like he was playing like Reggie. It was watching him on the field. I'm like, man, I miss Reggie. Yeah, like, that's it was he's the it was Anthony like that. Thomas. That's or a, that's a little bit of a Dory, a Dory Jackson too, but not playing on both sides of the ball or whatever. Yeah, a Dory, a, a Dory wasn't like that though, bro. A, a Dory was super electric and all that. But this kid has those DeAnthony Thomas stop on a dime and leave and leave. 10, yeah, 10 pennies <laughs> and leave 10, <laughs> leave your 10 pennies, buddy. I, I, I could like not. The little boy from Incredibles. Yes. I left saying he's going to be a problem, a yeah. major problem for he everybody already, involved. He already cashed in, right? Yes. He just got an NIL deal with fanatics. I'm sorry, with Panini. With their worst enemy. <laughs> yes, Exactly. So, um, but less Caleb Williams was pretty spectacular. One of the things that I've heard some NFL scouts say to knock on him is that he does hold the ball too long. He does hold the ball a long ass time. We've been talking about it for a while on this show. Yeah. And you can't do that in the NFL. Like you can get away with it, but I think that he'll be able to, you know, to like fix that. Mm Mm-hmm. As it goes to the to the NFL, because he's got, he's sometimes like I think Michael he falls Vick. in love with the big play, and yeah. I understand why. But I would rather my quarterback be able to do special things and and occasionally have a time that he holds the ball too long or something yeah. something like like that, than than somebody who's never capable of something spectacular. He's got Vic level escapability. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy, it's, and I think he can he he can use it as a crutch. That was my big worry after the Arizona State game last year when he escaped 15 different sacks, uh, and he would run all the way to the sideline, have the ball a full nine seconds before letting it fly. Like, how long can he get away with this? But, I mean, it worked against San Jose State. Do you think the defense still has a problem, or do you think it's 47-year-old Siobhan Cordero being a dual threat with a lot of experience? Uh, both. It, it's both. It is both problems. USC super young, particularly on defense as well. And I think that this is who Lincoln Riley is. So there, there, there's like on. It's like the old quote that a man's fl- strengths flow from the same well as his weaknesses. Lincoln Riley, offensive master, can score points. Yeah. It also that style of play also makes it so when you're in practice and you're practicing against it all the time, your defense is not going to be as physical as it needs to be at times. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a give and take. It's hard to have both things at the same time. That's why I'm a big believer in the power spread, which is all the fundamentals of, of, of eye football of, you know, line up with a fullback football, except for you are spreading people out at 
at, at the same time. So instead of all zone plays, you're going to have more gap scheme plays where, where where people are pulling, and it forces your defense to be fit physical. Sometimes you go under center and just line up and run people over. And your defense has to get used to that. And that's the thing that USC's defense is not used to. I do believe that they will be a little bit improved from last year. But the way San Jose State was able to move the ball, pick up third and 22s, pick up third and 17s and stuff like that, that part, that part couldn't concern me because they were five for 13 on, on third down. Which is which is not terrible, but they also were able to amass 400 yards and 7.3 yards a rush. I know some of that's the quarterback, but still, they run the ball in college football. So I was a little bit taken aback by that, and I do think that when USC, as they get deeper into their schedule, that I don't think that they're going to have a problem with Nevada, Stanford. Um, Arizona State may try to be a little more physical because that's the way, you know, that Kenny Dillingham did in Oregon, led led with the run game, led with the run game. But when they get down to that second half of the schedule, in, in order, Notre Dame, Utah, Cal, Washington, and Oregon, and UCLA, bro, that defense is going to be te- – I mean, that's – Six yeah. weeks in a row where you're, where, where you're getting punched in the face. Six weeks yeah. in a row. And I don't think that defense is going to be able to hold up to that six weeks in, in a row. Like, it, it, it's not spread out where you get, you know, Utah, then you get Arizona, then you get Oregon, then you get Colorado. No, it is six punches in the face in a row. Cal ain't going to be as, as thorough of a, of, of a punch, but it's still going to be a punch in the face. How mad do you think USC's coaching staff gets when they like Siobhan Cordero breaks off a 25 yard run and they look down at the roster and see that he's a senior with no more eligibility left? <laughs> why? Why? Because they because they would be like, oh, ooh, sign us up, sign us up, sign us up. Yeah, it's like going into a restaurant. You see what you want on the menu. You order it and they're like, oh, sorry, fresh out. Yeah. Yep. Because USC they're shopping. Is gonna- they're not just playing against you. They're shopping. Yes. No, oh, they are absolutely shopping. They are saying, ooh, ooh, maybe, ooh, <laughs> maybe this little running back, m- maybe the running back, uh, Conley from, from, from San Jose State, maybe he fits with us. Yeah, that's mm. what I'm saying. I wouldn't let my players shake hands afterward. <laughs> nope, 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 not even a little bit. Um, so I guess – to put a bow on this game, USC did score 56 points. You can't, you know, take anything away from there. No turnovers. Like quarterbacks. No turnovers. No turnovers, yeah. Um, by by either team. And last year's U- USC's team feasted on turnovers. Like, like that was the thing that propelled them. Mm-hmm. And if they are not able to get turnovers, that's going to be a problem. Did you see any clips of Eric Gentry? He said he put 22 pounds of muscle on. He looks the exact same. Yes. Dude, he is six foot twelve. Yeah. He he looks like a six foot six version of of Jalen um of uh Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he's he maybe he's got like a like a Jason Taylor type future of of being able to 
have kind of a diverse role, but he, he's much more of a coverage linebacker than he is a, a pass rusher. Yeah, how, how, how can you get low? Yeah. That he's big. Special. He's special. I, so you'll appreciate this because you know my wife and you know her temperament. Uh, she got up and le- she was watching the game with me and she got up and left the room because I wouldn't stop shouting the name of the previous college of every player that they showed on camera. <laughs> How many players shouting. were you shouting? And basically everybody except for Zach Branch. I was yeah. every time Brendan Rice caught a ball. I'm like, Colorado. Keon Bars made a tackle. I'm like, Arizona. <laughs> they, I was, Dorian well, no. Singer touchdown. Arizona. Yeah, I was yelling it. I was just yelling with no context. And she was kind of like drifting off and startled every time. <laughs> so, yeah, she was not pleased with me. And she definitely left the room. But I kept doing it. <laughs> it was fun. Yep. Um. So... So that's that game. Um, next thing up, I got a chance to talk to Mike Yam on my on my um, on my radio show on Mad Dog Sports Radio, uh, seven to ten p.m. Pacific. And you got a chance to l- listen to the interview. What were what were your biggest takeaways from what Mike Yam had to say? Yeah, uh, so Mikey Ann worked for Pac-12 Network for a long time. He's on uh, Pac-12 Radio now. Um, he's fantastic. He always has been. Wh- uh, there's a thing about Pac-12 Network employees where their instinct is to defend the product. And, I, and it makes me feel really bad for... It makes me feel really bad for them because they can't help but feel like they're being criticized when they're not. You know, the the issue has always been availability. The Pac-12 network actually produces some really cool stuff that is very specific to the regional footprint. Yogi Roth is able to, like, root for 12 teams at once. Yes. And you believe him. Yes, you um, do. Ashley Adamson is so informed and ready and, like, chill and just the perfect person to be hosting studio stuff. Mike Yam was so fantastic. I think Ted Robinson does a really, really good job on play by play. They put together very, very good things that no one gets to see. And I think that that they can't help, but take it personal when people are like, it's the PAC 12 network's fault that there's no more PAC 12 because it makes it sound like we're talking about the product. And, and he, when you brought it up, he understood what you were saying, but you could still hear that that like that instinct was still in him to defend the network. When nobody's talking about the network, because nobody can see what the network is doing. Um, it it and I wish that because I've noticed a lot of statements being put out there, whether it's Yogi Roth or Ashley or other people, of like, hey, the people here worked really hard, and and this is really hard for them, and be kind, and 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 you know. I just that so that stood out that stood out that that's kind of still in him. Um, And the other thing is just that I miss him. I miss him being part of the uh, as somebody who does pay um, two billion dollars a month for Pac-12 Network. I I wish he was still part of that action because it it just felt like, you know, just like with uh, with um, uh, Paul Feinstein and the SEC, it really felt like that group uh, 
represented us well. It was just cool to hear you talk to him. He's always the best. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I love him. And just so you know, in case you didn't know, he just wrote a new book, a children's book called Rice and Fried Rice and Marinara. So it's about this about a, ch- a Chinese kid who's part Italian as well, and he's trying to figure out what to make for for his friends. So that's cool. That's cool. And I, I, uh, I, you did ask him. I, I text you, get him on the record. One drive to win the game, Andrew Luck or Caleb Williams, and you both went Luck. And I, I yes, and but with hesitation. No, no, with I, hesitation. I, I had no. You had no hesitation. No, big and and it's not that Caleb Williams is not fantastic. It's just I've seen so many game winning drives from Andrew Luck while at Stanford, and he is also the he's not he doesn't have the quickness that Caleb Williams had. No, but he's as fast, if not faster. Yes. That's so the crazy now, thing about Andrew Luck. So he's now, imagine if guy. you put Andrew Luck with Caleb Williams' weapons. <sighs> That's what I'm saying, bro. It's it, bro. It's scary, scary stuff. So you guys, um, I'll, we will effort. I'll see if I can get put that interview here on this podcast at the at the very end, but. We shall we shall see no promises at this point. Um, so ESPN though has now struck a deal to play ACC games in movie theaters. And you and the next sentence that came out of your mouth was, Oh, why didn't they why didn't the Pac 12 do something like this? And they're going to do it for their New Year's six bowl games too. I actually love this because I think yeah. that the movie theater could be the next front frontier. It's like a sports bar, bro. They serve food now. They serve beer. Like, yeah. let me get in there with my friends in a recliner in the dark and the air conditioning and like, let's watch some football. That'd be so fun. Yes. A whole day of it. <laughs> Give me the whole. Saturday. Oh my God. Just sit there for the whole <laughs> damn day. Like, sorry, honey. I got to go to work. <laughs> I got to go to work. Put, hey, on, my, the, the, put on my popcorn bib. <laughs> there was a dude I, I saw on TikTok. He put a uh, gave his wife a note and he filmed it and she opened it up. It was his two weeks notice from from his family. He said, you know, so for until March. I have prior commitments on Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays and Monday nights. So, you know, so I'll be un, unavailable because I have prior commitment. So I'm giving you my two weeks notice from from the family and marriage on those days. That's that's kind of the situation I'm in. Yep. I, oh, yeah. I, I have I got 200 plus high schools that I cover in the state of Arizona, the 12 pack 12 teams. And then the stuff that we do together, I try to stay aware, aware of all the sports stuff. And I stay up till about one in the morning, listening to your show. I got up this morning cause we had to, we had both cars break down. So we, had to, we, we got them both fixed, had to return a rental car. I didn't talk for the first hour. I walked to the wrong side of the door of the car. Like my, my <laughs> first few days in this, I am, I'm a mess. And I love the fact that I, that it, that it entails like seven months of like, of kind of being at a decent pace and then five months of like 15 hours a day, seven days a week. Dude, and, why uh, are, so we have an official visit this weekend. I looked yeah. at the schedule and I was like, bro, this is on Saturday. Like what, 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 <laughs> what, what, 
on what? the Saturday. On yes. The set the tone Saturday. I'm going to have to be paying extra attention just for you. Bro, I'm like, what? What are we doing here? Like, I don't have time for this stinky super uh, uh, official visit messing up my college football Saturday. I applied for a credential to go see Spencer Rattler and Jay and Drake May here in Charlotte and interview Spencer Rattler. And then I was like, wait, that's going to cost me like five Pac-12 games that I have to stay up all night watching. I don't know if I maybe I'll go down there for like 15, 20 minutes, yeah. get a couple of photos. But FTK, man. FTK, fuck them kids, man. <laughs> That's what I always say when I don't feel like, well, I mean, in, in a joking, loving, yeah. loving way, like, man, FTK. And, and my wife is like, nah, all right, baby. Um, Yeah, I, I love this idea. I am happy about it. I think that this could actually be the new wave. Watching, like, you pay your 12 bucks, you get a chance to watch there and they know that all you're going to do is get concessions anyway. Yeah. And do, I was and, like, do and, whatever it takes to save these movie theaters, man. If you want to have eight different churches meeting in front of eight different screens, I don't care. Like dude, do whatever dude, you can. Imagine tiling can them. Imagine tiling them. So like you put four games on at one time on like your, Oh my gosh. Like a Vegas sports book. Like, a yes. Phoenix yes. Circa. Yes, and just have people do. People will sit in that joint all damn day, all damn day. A, you're gonna be at home crafting a business plan tonight because that's how your brain works. <laughs> you are right. You. The funny part is, you are a hundred percent right. You got like thirty six irons in the fire right now, and you're like thirty seven. Sounds like there's room for that. You're like, <laughs> hmm, that might work. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, oh, speaking of that might work, George Kliakoff. Oh, man. Okay, so the latest that we've heard is, is that if the if there is expansion to of the Pac-12, if they are, whether it's with the four teams adding teams from the AAC and then eventually adding Mountain West teams because they have to do it within two years to be to still be a conference. If that's the case, then George Kliakoff is expected to be fired. But he is right now attending the college football planning meeting in Dallas alongside Notre Dame's AD and the other nine conference commissioners. And think about that. He's got to be in the in the room with Brett Yormark, Jim Phillips, and Tony Petiti. At least he doesn't have to be in there with um oh Lord. Who who's the, the, the Big Ten's old commissioner? Oh, the Kevin Kevin Warren. Yeah, Kevin Warren, yeah. Dude, think about it, dude. We're we're like a year away from like we're well, we're barely a year. So we're like a year and two months away from the alliance between the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. Bro, consider that it was this was this paper alliance that was supposed to be groundbreaking, student athletes first, and all of this stuff. And it just felt like now, when you look back, it felt like a predator trap. It felt like that that old that old um, parable where the where the frogs are in the are in the pot of water, and they turn the water on low, and then they get so mm-hmm. comfortable that they can't. They their muscles get so relaxed they can't jump out anymore. That's what it feels like that the Pac-12 got groomed, that they got groomed, <laughs> and then just got taken advantage of. <laughs> so your girl uh, Heather Dinich, who's a senior writer for ESPN, uh, tried to interview George Klyavkov out there at this meeting. Uh, he refused to comment, and she said she tweeted she was going to keep trying. So bless her. Uh, she did catch up with him a couple of minutes ago, and she said this is all he said as he bolted. She said he bolted. It was good. It was nice to focus on everything in the future. And she asked him, what's the future for you? And he said, my focus is on this year. I'm just focused on us winning a national championship. Oh, man. I just I feel bad for him because being in there in, in that room. First of all, he's in that room with the ACC commissioner who was meeting this week to discuss taking Cal and Stanford, which would have been the end thing. But because there was a school shooting at, at university of North Carolina, they just canceled it. So yeah. now he he's in a room with Brett Yormark who robbed him. Yes. Right. With, robbed him of uh, the corner schools. Yeah. Petiti who took the, the two that Kevin Warren started to negotiate with in, in Oregon and, and Washington. And he's there with, with Jim Phillips, who is in the process of ending potentially the Pac-12 altogether. 
of delivering just the final little flick because there doesn't need to be a death blow, just a little flick. And I mean, for him to be in the room with those people who like the vultures who already picked his bones clean. So what is wild? So is, is he allowed to say anything in the meeting? If 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 people bring up something and and he's like whoa 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 well now how about this and then like bro when shut he starts when he starts talking when he starts talking you would hear people's eyes roll because they all roll at the exact same time bro like why are you here like that's what the, that's what it has to be is like bro why are you why are you here please I would be, I would be uh, and I feel bad because we spent a lot of time on this podcast defending George Klyavkov, but it is what it is now. I just feel like, is that what we should do? Why don't you get up here and present? Why don't you just take over since you probably had since a lot of time you, to think since, about this. Since you haven't been you doing much got else. all the answers. Since you yeah. got all the answers. Now, I, I will say, though, I don't completely blame George Klyavkov like no. I do Larry Scott because he was put in a tough spot. And as you see, the – conference was was worth well over 30 million dollars a piece yeah but the networks wanted ownership and they weren't going to go go away so it was either take less than you should get which is which they were right really for turning it down but then when you turn out it it was plato or plumo (laughs) they they tried to give you silver you didn't you didn't want it so you had to take the lay it buddy Man, I don't know. I just I feel like he's probably not having a good time today. Yep. Uh, we we did find out though. So the twelve team format, which is supposed to go into place next year, that there is obviously issues now because it was going to be a six plus six, the six highest rated ranking Power Five champions, plus. The uh, so it was going to be the five power fives, a group of five, and then the highest ranked group of five, and then six at large bids. Well, now people are saying, eh, I don't know if there are six power power five, co- I don't know if there are five power five conferences now. Does the Pac 12 still get an automatic bid with, with four teams and maybe two? Bro, that's a that's a legitimate question. Or is it going to be five plus seven? Like, how is this going to work? So I would not be surprised if this doesn't take a wild turn soon. We've we've put ourselves back into like BCS formulas. Oh, yep. Mm, so, well, sort of where, but listen, I, I just think that the conference has put itself in a, in a bad spot, dude. They uh, it, and now you're not even going to have the availability that you were looking for, and that's going to suck. That's going to suck at at every level. So, oh, but the other thing that came out of it is, is that players are going to get a stipend. That players are now going to get a stipend for. Uh, for their family. So 125 uh, players from the teams are going to get $3,000 to make sure that their families can travel to the games. I love it. I love it. I think that that's great because I'll never forget when the the coach of Houston basketball right now, 
when he was crying, talking about how he's had families call him, talking about, man, we, we want to come to the tournament, but we can't afford, we'll, we'll, we'll sleep on the floor in his room, anything. And they're like, nah, we can't, we, we can't do it, blah, blah, blah. And you have them making billions of dollars for other people. And their families can't even come watch them play. So this change was necessary, and I love it. I agree, I agree, I agree. I, I think anything – I mean, it's it's all short of the ultimate goal, which is that as the size of the pie exponentially increases year over year, you know, we went from uh, when there was one head coach making over a million dollars a year. That was Steve Spurrier at the time, 20 years later – the, the highest salary was Nick Saban making a little over 11, which means that by the year, I don't know, like 2037, it could be fully reasonable at that rate of inflation to have our first $50 million per year coach. Like that, that is the rate at which things are growing over a 40 year span um, to know that the slice that is afforded to the players could be essentially the same as what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago is going to get more and more glaring. And the NCAA is going to be in a position like it was with NIL, where instead of trying to get ahead of the curve, they are trying to catch up with it. And I mean, you, you've had Jim Harbaugh this, this week come out and talk about the fact that he wants players to, to share in the revenue. And I think more coaches are going to have to do that because as long as Jim Harbaugh stays in college football, even if they don't institute revenue sharing, he's going to be viewed as the ally you want. You're going to want to go play for him. So uh, you're going to see more and more coaches jump on this train for sure uh, until Clemson's coach Dabo Swinney finally reverses course and decides that he likes getting paid $2 billion a year <laughs> to win the ACC uh, and that it's okay if his kids can afford uh, payment on a Toyota Corolla. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next thing up is the college football. They have put, uh, they have returned their uh, returning starters, their returning starters graphic. So if you look, Colorado at three with the least amount, according to this graphic, Utah with 16, Cal with 16, USC and Oregon and Washington at 14, Oregon State at 12, UCLA, Arizona and Arizona State at 11, Washington State at 10 and Stanford at six. And I'm like, is this, is this accurate, Ralph? Well, first of all, Colorado's is higher than I thought it'd be. I know. Me too. <laughs> I didn't know they had three starters returning. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, there should be like a slot for returning starters from other teams. <laughs> so like USC, USC, USC is at have- 27 returning starters. <laughs> <laughs> when you can only have 22 spots yeah. on the field. Um, but it, I mean, it, it seems to be in direct correlation with the teams that people think are going to challenge for the, um, for the, for the Pac-12 title. Except so for continuity. Cal. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what it means for Cal. It, so much is resting on their OC hire that it's not even funny. Um, but we'll see. They were competitive defensively last year. Yep. They, so we shall see what's up with uh, that. But um, there's there's another thing. Before we get to the games this, this week, you had 
Nick Saban not put out a depth chart. And I really started paying attention to depth charts more when Mario Cristobal was at, was at Oregon because they used to all make me laugh because everything was or. Yeah. Or, 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 or. And you're like, wait, really? Or, man, come on. But Nick Saban is not putting one out because he says it's a distraction to his players and not good for their, like, you know, mental, emotional health. The fact that you agree with this, I'm going to, I'm going to preempt you and point out the fact that the fact that you agree with this is wild to me. Why? I don't know. I just, it just feels like. Who is the depth chart for though? You, it it, is that you, you, you have to remember that everybody in the locker room knows what the depth chart is. Everybody in the locker room knows you don't have to print out a depth chart for everybody to know who's in what position. Everybody knows in practice, Bo Nix goes first. Ty Thompson goes second. Novacek, who was at, and, and this is at Oregon, who was competing and it was a close competition for the number two spot. He goes third. Bo gets the most amount of reps. Ty gets the second most amount of reps. Novacek gets the third amount of reps if there are any left. At the wide receiver position, same thing. Running back position, same thing. Or you know what situations that you play, what packages that you play. So why do, so who's the depth chart really for, Ralph? It's for people playing fantasy college football for the other team. Entertainment consumption that only exists because people are consuming it for entertainment. This isn't a thing that would be going on if people on the outside weren't interested in it. I'm, it's I'm not just, a way that just random people want to spend their weekend. I I understand that. Do they do this at the NFL level? Yes, they do it at the NFL level. So we're worried about the feeling of the young men, but not the feeling of the the professional men. Correct. So the feeling is, well, these kids aren't professionals. They're amateurs. So we need to protect them a little bit more because Oregon's doing it too. Dan Lanning's doing it too. And you know all these other coaches are going to follow suit. Well, see, see, I think it's bigger than, than, than that. I think what it is is that these coaches are trying to keep their players out of the transfer portal. Because okay. when you put out a depth chart, people are going to have more questions. they be like, oh, my God, why is he behind this guy? And why is that? You need to get up out of there. They don't respect you because there's an, there's an element of public embarrassment by not being at the top of the depth chart. And it causes a a distraction. It it does cause a distraction within the team because depth charts charts feel final to players, even at the beginning of the season. They they feel like there's a a finality to it and don't realize, like, yo, it's football. Stuff happens all the time. We gas these kids up too much then because even being on a depth chart is awesome. Even seeing your name and number four – fullback is awesome it doesn't feel awesome when you're when you're the person who's fourth on that depth chart unless you wear a walk-on it does not feel good 
Where because does it stop, you're... though, man? Telling the telling the 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 game operation stadium crew not to replay stuff on the jumbotron if somebody drops a pass. No, that's different because you are in the game. He's just talking about locker room management. So I don't blame him. I I, I do think that it is that people need to grow up and that you have to do it. But you got to remember that these kids are faced with a lot more public scrutiny now. And you have people in their DMs. Oh, my God, you suck. You're third on it. Like, it's just it's just another way for people to attack them. So I understand where where Nick Saban is coming from. Some people are going to think that that's coddling players and all. It is. It is. Here's the deal. Nick Saban, Nick Saban said that the hardest thing of the last few seasons has been when that depth chart comes out. Then the locker room gets hard to manage because of the yes. situation of college football and, and the fact that people reach out. Oh, I see you're number three. You be, come out here, you'd be number one, right? Like, yeah. and you have or, coaches and in it other- impacts NIL stuff too, because because yeah. people who've signed kids to deals want them to play. Yeah, and they're like, oh, why why is he second or third on the depth chart? And I'm paying this, and uh, you know, I'm one of the boosters. And, but the field still listen, tells bro. the truth. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is is that the field is going to tell it, so you don't have to put it out. You don't have what, to put it out. Here's what it feels like to me. You remember the other day when you were like, you tweeted like, "How come hotels can give us instant hot water, but my house can't?" Yes. Okay. Did you ever think that you would grow up being worried about something like that when you were in Memphis as a kid? No. Right. That so that I. Nick Saban's team and situation is so damn good. He got so much money. He's got so many accolades that all he has time to do is is sit here and worry about little stuff like this. I'm sure he never in a million years when he was at Michigan State <laughs> thought that the depth chart was going to be a problem. Yeah, that he was going to have to protect his own players from the list of who is playing. Yeah. Listen, I, I think I, it's I <laughs> and and he and he took a shot at the media when he announced this. He took a shot at the media saying, I know you guys don't focus on the game. You only focus on the depth chart, which is a real dick thing to say. And I want to say that it, as sacrilegious as it is to say that Nick Saban can be soft, he is being soft. No way. D- what are you kidding me? Well, d- see, the you Meta guys Musel- can weigh in. The Metamucil has filtered its way into his emotional processing. Wow. You guys can weigh in. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. Shoot us an email. Hit us up on it's gonna at It's going to be funny Pac-12 when he Apostles. is the only email you get. It's from him, and he's upset. <laughs> Grandpa Grouchy. Dude, I, I'm, I understand his line of thinking. I'm not mad, mad at it. If I were a head coach, I would consider, like, hmm, am I going to put out a depth chart to the public? I don't know. I might Man, not that'd be, be like not putting numbers on the side of a swimming pool, <laughs> public swimming pool. Like, oh, for, for how to deep show it its is? depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, well, we it. don't know. Kids don't want to swim because of where the number that says 12 and they think they might drown. So we're just going to take the numbers right off the <laughs> side of the pool. <laughs> That'll fix the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, on to the games because uh, we have a full slate of games this weekend. So we got to fly. Exhausting. <laughs> it is ex- non-conference is exhausting. Yes, it really is because we watch every game. Yep. So first things up, Pac-12 is already one and zero. Congratulations. Actually, are we still? 
I mean, I can't. Yeah, I still am back to pack for this year, though. Yeah, like George Klyavkov is out there in Dallas trying to figure out how to win us a national championship. So love it. I guess we are too. Love it. All right, so you have Utah getting Florida at their home. This time they got to come to Rice Eccles Stadium. It's totally different. I bet you they think the swamp is the greatest place of all time. They're gonna go into Rice Eccles and they're gonna be like, "Oh my God, this is just like this is just like." Uh, the uh, Hill Stadium. Yeah, it's a, it's a you got a refrigerator and a mini fridge. They yes. both get cold. <laughs> both get cold, and they both yep. got a freezer, except for the one in Utah, because you know them them mini fridge freezers always freeze up. They always end up with ice in them, so <laughs> might be a little bit colder in the mini fridge, buddy. What it's going to be rough. The elevation of Jacksonville or Gainesville, that area you play probably there. zero. <laughs> What do you think it is in Salt Lake? 190 feet above sea level, Jacksonville. Yeah, zero. I think Salt Lake City might be higher than Denver. No, it's not. It's 4,300. So they got they got about a 4,000 foot uh, elevation. That's a significant thing, bro. A little bit, yeah. You're going to have some cramps in game one, except for the kids from Utah. And um, so there's no Anthony Richardson this week. He's because he plays Colts. for the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got Wisconsin's Graham Mertz taking snaps with my guy Jack Miller as a backup in Florida. Oh, are you encourages? Are you encouraged by this? By what Graham Mertz being the quarterback of the Gators? Yes. No, I. I mean. Florida struggled offensively last year with one of the best dual threats I've ever seen in my life. Like one of the best athletes. Please do not take this as a comparison. One of the best athletes in the backfield since Cam Newton, as far as like size, speed, arm strength, obviously Cam Newton did twice as much one, twice as much, you know, both of them still end up picked in the first round, but I, but the, you are, changing that out for Graham Mertz, a, you know, cerebral pocket passing big 10 guy. And so that's going to be a drastic shift in what Billy Napier is trying to do. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be better. Um, but it was Anthony Richardson that killed Utah last year and a late interception from Cam Rising. Utah probably should have won that game. Yes. For being honest. Yep. Um, is Cam Rising playing? I, I feel like he is, but like I do. I, the line. I, I, how much has that line changed, the line on this game? So it opened at nine and a half for Utah. Now it's four and a half. Whew. <clears throat> I think it'll be close. If Cam, I'm, I'm going to qualify this, but obviously my pick's my pick. If Cam Rising plays, I like him to win by six or seven. So I'm going to take Utah. I'm taking Utah. I'm taking Utah and the over. The over is, is 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think I think there's going to be some scoring. Um, there's been a little bit more scoring in 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 Salt Lake City than in years past, and I trust Bill, Billy Napier is a really good offensive coach, like really good. Um, so I think there's going to be some points scored, but I just don't know if I trust that Florida's put it all together yet. Um, we'll call it a revenge game. Did you see the news report that Florida tried to poach Cam Rising? In the off season, 
They ended up with Graham Mertz at quarterback, but they were going after everybody to try to get a quarterback in there. And they went after Cam Rising at Utah to try to mm. see if he'd be willing to transfer to Florida. Yeah, I mean, I guess you are supposed to kick the tires on everything. Oh, that's that's so funny. Kick the tires, and then I looked at the KSL article, and it said kick the tires. <laughs> Should you oh. be walking into somebody else's garage and kicking the tires on their car, though? Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm saying if you're willing to come, come over here and hang out. USC of the South. <laughs> Florida was desperate. So, I mean, if we know anything about Utah kids, I I would have told you that unless you were – the amount of money to get Cam Rising would have been not like the juice wouldn't have been worth the squeeze. Didn't Dalton Kincaid turn down like a million from Alabama? Yeah. It's funny how this stuff keeps leaking out about coaches reaching out to kids who are still on scholarships somewhere else. Uh, well, Trent I don't Dilfer, think the Trent coaches at UAB. Trent Dilfer at UAB. Well, I know some. Co- I know coaches at Michigan definitely reached out to Arizona State kids while they were still on the roster. Allegedly. But like, the, okay. That's why I was able to tweet out that uh, an offensive lineman was going to Michigan bef- while he was still enrolled <laughs> at ASU. How would I know that? Um, but the uh, <laughs> the Trent Dilfer at UAB went on a radio show and he's like, I dare a coach to come get my kids. He's like, I know every media member in the country. I'm going to read your DMs on the air. <laughs> and he said, the only reason that other coaches don't do that, and Pat Pat Narducci has, has kind of done it a little bit at Pitt, but the only reason other coaches don't do that is because they want to be able to do it themselves. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm curious to see if Trent Dilfer actually follows through and dimes out coaches in the media no, as he's head not coach of UAB. That. No. You can. You think he's it. being naive? Like he's going to be the one in people's DMs? Yeah, everybody will be in somebody's DMs at some point. Um, well, actually, D- DMing is a little too rec- reckless. It's a phone call usually, they and people quit doing it. Then <laughs> they got to quit it. They got to quit following players. Here's what coaches need: they because you can now hide your likes. Elon Musk is letting people who are have t- uh, Twitter Blue or X Blue or whatever hide their likes, right? You have to not follow the prospects while they're still on a roster. Because this is how I was learning who who might go where, is you're having assistant coaches follow players while the season is still going on. And I keep track of that stuff. Mm, yeah, that's a telltale sign. Gotcha, gotcha, buddy. Gotcha, gotcha. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're both taking Utah minus four and a half and I got the over. Are you taking the over as well? I'm with you. Yep. All right. Um, Next game, Arizona state hosts Southern Utah. That game is on PAC 12 network at 7 PM. Um, There's, there's no spread. Where should we set this spread at? 27? Six, what is five touchdowns is 35. Yeah. Six touchdowns is 42. Should we split the baby? Okay. Okay, well now I have to do math. 38 and a half? All right, I'm, I'm good with 38 and a half. Okay. That's a lot of freaking points. It's a lot of freaking points. And Southern Utah is terrible. Yes, but I, oh gosh, I'm going to take the under. Well, well, sorry, not not the uh, under. I'm going to take Southern Utah and the 38 and a half points. Okay, I will be on the opposite side just to be contrarian. Um, Only real storyline from this is that Ray Anderson came out and sacrificed a bowl, even though the NCAA said they don't want people to miss bowls anymore. And the reason that he had to do that is because he missed every opportunity to give something up in previous years. Um, and uh, that's a that's a huge bummer. And it looked like Kelly, Kenny, it, you, you, you tell me because you follow Kenny Dillingham pretty closely at Oregon. He looked pissed off when this happened. He yes. He said he was told 630 in the morning on Sunday that you weren't going to be able to play in a bowl this year when you have a game four days later. Yeah. Yeah, that he was went, garbage. Got a bunch of transfers. That was garbage. Out this roster. Super garbage, bro. Like they they waited until kids couldn't like it's too close to where kids could bounce and still get a waiver. Yeah, yeah. This was this was horrible. And Ray 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 Anderson should not be athletic director. I'm just I'm just saying. This is a I think this particular action we'll call it bum shit. He did some bum shit. So he put out a statement saying that ASU is giving up their bowl and they're not going to comment further. And then they let Kenny Dillingham stand in front of the media. And then Kenny Dillingham let his players stand in front of the media. Yep. Then Kenny Dillingham got back in front of the media on the next day. And he said, everybody needs to move on. We had one day to complain about it. We got to move on. And He's right. Then, and then 
after he came out and said, we have to move on, ASU's athletic office panicked because the whole country is making fun of them for giving up a bowl when the NCAA doesn't want anybody to give up bowls. So after they said so they weren't going to comment, gonna get hit. they dropped a statement. Yep. They dropped a statement after they said they weren't going to comment anymore. After Kenny Dillingham told everybody to move on, they came out and said, well, look at Tennessee's case. Tennessee got enhanced fines and all these recruiting penalties. We gave up a bowl because we don't think we can handle the level of recruiting penalties that Tennessee got. You have no evidence that they're going to take this bowl and not give you those recruiting penalties. You don't know. So they're guessing. Yep. And how are the fans supposed to move on when you said you wouldn't comment? Then your coach tells everybody to move on. And then you come out and you want you have to defend yourself. So you go back on your original word that you weren't going to say anything. They are absolutely running a clown show at Arizona State. And I, I oh gosh, I hope they go 11 and 1. <laughs> Just 11 for two middle fingers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey. The 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 fan, if ASU wins enough games to win a bowl game, I will to make a bowl game. ASU fans will never forgive him for this. They should have their own bowl, like out in the street or something. Yep. <laughs> they should come up with their own bowl game. All right. So, what do you have for what should we set the over under as for this? Do you want to do over unders on these? Actually, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, let's skip nah. the ones on the. We'll set a spread. We'll set all these spreads at like thirty eight and a half for the for the Big Sky schools. All right, uh, Hawaii versus Stanford. Um, that's on Saturday, and no, it's on Friday. Excuse me, eight p.m. Stanford is Stanford opened at minus ten versus Hawaii. They are minus three and a half points. They're only given three and a half points versus Hawaii. And the over-under is 59 and a half. I don't, this is Troy Taylor's first soiree as Stanford head coach. I have no idea what to make out of this, Ralph. But I am going to just go because it's Stanford. They should not be losing to Hawaii. And they shouldn't be winning by just a mere field goal. So I am going to go Stanford minus three and a half. Um, because I refuse to believe that that they're bad. That, I'm that, gonna, that. I'll ride with you on Stanford. And then here's the other pretty funny thing. Um, you know how you were laughing about the depth charts that say or? Yeah. This is Stanford's depth chart. Quarterback, Ashton Daniels or Justin Lamson or Ari Patu. Running back, EJ Smith or Casey Filkins or Cedric Irvin or Ryan Butler. Wide receiver one, John Humphreys or Jason Raines. Wide receiver two, Eric Ayomenor or Bryce Farrell. Wide receiver three. Moody Rubin or Tiger Bachmeyer. They ordered everybody. Six receivers, four running backs, three quarterbacks. <laughs> everybody. The only thing they have said is their own line. <laughs> and oh wait, and they're and they're tight end. And they're yeah, uh, yeah, he's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were like, we're not even gonna play around here because nobody would believe that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that that made me laugh because that I mean that's just overboard stupid from Troy Taylor. Yeah, too much. Or 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 or. All right, buddy. What's the right. over under on this one? Fifty nine and a half. Under. I'm gonna go with the under too. Well, how are we in agreement so much? Um, next game up. I could. Why am I so excited about a game that I know what's going to happen? Well, partially TCU has a new quarterback and all that. So if if Max Duggan was uh, back, I wouldn't even be thinking about this. 
Oh, my God, the line, TCU versus Colorado. This game's on Fox at 9 a.m. on Saturday. TCU is favored by 20 and a half points, Ralph. 20 and a half points. What is going on here? Well, one team just played in the national championship, and one team had to replace literally everyone. So, I mean, it's a fair line. You can't just – Dion's hype can't affect the actual numbers. Okay, Vegas so, has to get it to where people are betting on both sides. Bro, 20 and a half? Okay, so TCU, according to Pick 6 previews, they were picked – fourth in the conference behind Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State. Now, I don't know how good Oklahoma's going to be, but that's a whole other story. Um, but TCU, though, <clears throat> last year they beat Colorado by 25 points in the beginning of the season, 38 to 13, 25 points. They played a lot of close games last year because their defense was atrocious. Yeah. Colorado plus 20 and a half. Woo. I'm gonna I'm on TCU. I'd have been comfortable at 27 and a half. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Tom Luganbill came out and basically said what we said on this podcast, or what I said on this podcast last week. Like two and ten is reasonable, and the and the O line and D line are garbage. So Deion Sanders didn't like that, by the way. He called Tom Luganbill out, uh, told him to come to practice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, I, I think this is going to be one of the most talented teams in the Pac-12 in spots, but I don't think it's enough to put it all together right away. I think Dion's going to do really special things. It's just not going to happen in the Pac-12. So um, I'm going to ride with TCU. Um, uh, and also want to mention that Joel Klatt also put some content out this week, uh, calling out the NCAA for not approving um was it yeah, Tyler Tyler, Tyler 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 Brown, Brown yeah his his transfer waiver um which is he may he I'm I'm not going to make a point better than he made but he basically said like it, it, what kind of person doesn't have the common sense if you if you are in a position to hear an appeal what kind of person doesn't have the common sense to say like this kid has struggled a lot with his mental health over his college football career and would be better served to be playing under Deion Sanders <laughs> Man, it's terrible, dude. Absolutely terrible. And that not, now they're still waiting on the kid from uh, North Carolina to get his his appeal heard. But yeah, um, this over under is sixty one and a half. I over in every single spot. This feels like an easy over to me, Ralph. Sixty one and a half. That's 31 points apiece. There's not going to be enough defense played and played in this game to stop anybody. They bo both teams are getting the 30 points or plus or more. Okay. I like I like it to be a total of 65, so I will ride with you on that. Um and the other thing I wanted to bring up from this is did you see Travis Hunter's Heisman prediction? Yes. The four Heisman finalists. Yeah. He said People were actually himself. like taking him seriously and telling him he was an idiot. Yeah, I mean it was himself. Shador Sanders, because for him to be there, that means that Shador pretty much has to be there too. Um, and then you have Caleb Williams, and who was the fourth? Bo Nix. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I don't know why anybody got upset by that. 
This is a this is a future top five NFL pick having fun. Yeah, I I'm not mad at it. I just think that they believe that they're going to be better than they are, and then that they're going to get humble real fast. But the other part of it is, if they win these games, though, if they start out like three and two, Lord help us all. Insufferable. Yep. And they dude, their recruiting is gonna go crazy. Everybody's gonna he'll be like, hey baby, we just getting started over uh here. What do you think it's gonna be like next year? Ooh, you thought Johnny Man Johnny Manziel was famous it just in in Aggieland and then nationwide. Like Dion's already ten times more famous than Manziel was then. Like this yeah, is but just I don't know if he'll let his players match. be famous. That's different. That's yeah. that's different. All right. Um, next game up: Oregon versus Portland State. Mm-hmm. We said that we were going to set it at thirty-eight and a half points. Damn, that's a lot of points. I'm still taking. I'm I'm taking Oregon minus thirty-eight and a half. I will ride with you on that as well. Yeah, yeah, that feels like a no-brainer. Um, Portland State's quarterback is fun. He is a dual threat. Okay. Uh, I think Dante he led them in rushing Sh- last year. Shahir? Yeah. Yeah, I think his brother plays for the Cardinals. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. He, I think he had like 19 touchdown passes last year and had like over 700 yards rushing. So that'll give the defense a nice test. It won't It won't just be um, – I think that's important. I think you want to actually get something out of these big sky games that you line up. Yes, so, yes. But- and the way that college football works, it might be his audition. But, hey, might be his audition to come right on down that five freeway, buddy, because uh, Oregon's going to take a transfer after this year. And they've done it before quite a few times, especially from the big sky. So they're <laughs> like, come on, come on in, baby. Come on in. Yeah, they went to the Eastern Washington well one too many times, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Washington versus Boise State. This game's on Saturday, 1230. So, oh, so you got the Oregon and the. Boise State game on it. I said the Boise State game. Damn. That's very funny. Um, the Washington game on at the same time, twelve thirty. Washington's favored by fourteen and a half points. Um, yeah, this is tough. So Andy Avalos, one and zero versus Washington as a defensive coordinator. The one was at Oregon, so that ain't what he got at Boise State. Washington is known to kind of put up some duds every now and then, but everybody believes that this team is so good. So good. So good. They have a first round wide receiver, Michael Pennett's at quarterback. They are going to. Ah, Lord have mercy. Who are you going with, with this 14 and a half points? Uh, Boise is such like classically, they're so good at preparing for these early season opponents. Um, and I don't know if Washington's defense is trustworthy yet. And Boise has George Halani in like his fifth season in college football. We have so many of these players in his fifth season in college football. He's already rushed for over a thousand yards, twice 550 carries in his college career already averaging five yards a rush. So I think Boise will hold the ball. I do. And I think it'll be an awesome test for this defense that's supposed to have elite pass rushers to see if they can actually 
bottle up the run against a, a, a running back who has been doing this since pre-COVID. <laughs> like he's been eating up yards since since before COVID. So I think I I'm gonna take Boise State. I think it'll be a 14 point win. That half a point I think is the killer. Now their defense gave up points. Yes, I believe their defense is going to give up points this year. Uh, Boise State's quarterback is a good athlete. All right. I'm going to go with Boise State plus 14 and a half, even though I do believe that they're going to lose this game. Now, over under 60. Over. I'm going to go. 42-28. What is that? 70? No. Yes. Yes. That's 70. I'm taking the over. Yeah. I'm going to go with the over as well. Yep. Yeah. Over makes it makes a lot of stick sense. Alike. Let's go. Yep. Uh, North Texas versus Cal on Saturday in, in Texas. Yes. Yes. Cal's favored by nine and a half points. Um, now interesting. Four four of the five North Texas offensive linemen are under 300 pounds. That is wild. <laughs> what? Wow. That could be a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I am going to go with Cal minus nine and a half. I will take them as well. I am fascinated to see if if uh if they can recapture some of the Sunny Dykes glory bringing their OC back. Take it, brother. And over under 58 and a half. It's still uh, Cal now. Under. 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 Uh, 100%. I don't trust Cal to score points until Cal shows they can score points. 24 to 10 is a winner. 35 to 10 is a winner. Yeah. Exactly. All of those numbers feel like they make a lot of sense. Um, USC versus Nevada on Pac-12 Network for the second time in a row for the Heisman Twinner winner Caleb Williams USC winner that's it that's the t-shirt Heisman twinner since he's gonna get two oh damn I like like it all right um USC minus 38 points hmm well that's a lot of freaking points bro I mean, that's a massive amount of points. And you know they're probably going to give up some scoring. So they got to go 38 beyond 39 beyond whatever they give up. Yeah. I don't know, man. They were throwing the ball in the fourth quarter up 20. They had me scared. <laughs> they were they because they were trying to get work for every quarterback. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say 35. I am going to agree with you. I'm going to even take 55 to 20 is like a is losing. Yep, exactly. So give me USC. Well, sorry to uh, win, win the game, but I'm taking Nevada plus 38 and a half, but I need that over. I need that over is 63 and a half. That feels like a layup because worst case scenario US, USC m- m- might damn near get you all the way to 63 all by themselves. 
What do you think of Nevada uh, naming Brendan Lewis their starter? We saw him struggle at Colorado. And your boy Sean Dollars is going to be the starting running back. It's a little bit of Pac-12 flavor in Reno. Um, I, I hope that things go well for them in N- Nevada, but they just lost their their quarterback coach. Really? Nate Costa. That's late in the game to be losing your quarterback coach. Yes, he, he resigned on – uh, August twenty second. Ooh. There were there were there was nothing nefarious that went on. No scandal. No no bad blood with the coach. He None didn't of spend that. All, spend all his money in Reno. Now, I, hey man, sometimes you get a really good offer that you don't feel like you can turn down. I love it. Good for him. Good for him. I'm I'm excited. I like Brandon Lewis. I like Sean Dollars. Uh, here's another question. Is this the last time USC is ever going to be on Pac-12 Network? No, I think they have to be, be on there three times throughout okay. the th- th- throughout the year. So, no. They're, and the, the funny so part is – We're going to get the, the Grinch cam again. <laughs> yes. They are trying to get them out of the way in the beginning of the season. Okay. So, they'll either put the – so, the Stanford game is on Fox next week. And then, the, then they're off a week. And then that Arizona – that Arizona State game will probably be on Pac-12 Network unless, or the Colorado game, unless Colorado is has won a couple games. Otherwise, that game will be on Pac-12 Network, and that'll be their last one. Okay. Yep, so, yeah. Like, they will get Oregon out of the way early, too, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, over under 63 and a half. Oh, over. Over. For sure. Yeah, we're not even... Not even talking about that. Uh, Colorado State versus Wazoo. Now, Colorado State, they look better. They have, you know, Matt Mummy, the air raid system. They're going to throw the ball 8,000 times a game. (laughs) Yep. I just love that they have like a militant head coach in Jay Norvell, but their finesse on offense. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Dude, when, when Jay Norvell shakes your, shakes your hand, he's trying to break it. I believe you. I believe you. I uh, Remember when people said that Charlie Strong was a disciplinarian? Yes. And he didn't fit in at Texas because he's trying to bring too much discipline. I heard that Jay Norvell left Charlie Strong to go work for Todd Graham because Charlie Strong wasn't disciplined enough. <laughs> oh, that's too much. Yep. Uh, will Washington State's new OC Ben Arbuckle? How's the offense going to change? Because Cam Ward has to be better than he was last year, as in terms of playing on time. Because yeah. last year he wasn't playing on time. Like he would hold the ball a lot. It, it was like it was like Caleb Williams without the results. Yeah, he did. He did hold the ball. He made a couple of really good throws. It's funny because like he he had an objectively above average year, but for Washington State, it's like the worst year they've ever seen at quarterback. So he's really got to step up. They don't really have much behind him, and you have a quarterback on the other side in Clay Millen who is turning heads, and you can't go out there. Cam Ward can't go out there and let Clay Millen outshine him. He can't no. do that. No. No, that would be a uh, a major bad move. <laughs> That'd be a bad move all the way around. 
Um, are you surprised at well, Washington State? There's not a lot of energy nationally about them, but yeah, do you think that they can surprise and turn heads because this spread started at 15 and now it's sitting at at 11? Who you who you got? And the over under yeah. is at 59 and a half. All the money's going Colorado State's way. Um, I think it's because they started so slow last year, but I think it, that if I think Ben Ar- Arbuckle could make the difference, and they're really talented at running back. Really weird to say that the strength of Washington State is the running back room. So I'm gonna take Washington State. I'm not a Colorado State believer yet. I think they get pasted by at least 20, um, and uh, and I'll take the over on the 59 and a half. One hundred percent. I'm with you there too, my friend. And that game's on Saturday on CBS Sports Network at four o'clock. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Next game up, Arizona at NAU. Uh, Saturday, Pac-12 Network, 7 p.m. There's no spread. Are you are you going to do like you did last last year when you picked North Dakota State to beat Arizona? And I was <laughs> like, "You're a fool." <laughs> they almost did. Um, no, almost only no. counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, buddy. No, it sounds so weird to say this, but like NAU or Arizona's been waiting for this game for two years, just <laughs> counting down, grinding their teeth, pissed off. Um, Counting down to a game against NAU, I don't, I don't are, think that's yeah. good. 
Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I don't think that's good. Uh, here's what I know about NAU. They're full of Arizona kids, so you know how, and so is Arizona. You know how I feel about that. Um, Chris Ball is a head coach at NAU, and there's rumors that if they don't do something this year, they're going to clean house. And I think their coaching staff is super talented. And he does have under his belt a win against Arizona, which is like the first in 100 years. I think they're going to get wrecked in this game. I think Arizona's going to be throwing up 50 in the third quarter. I really do. Um, that is, This is not how Jed Fish wanted his tenure to start out, losing to NAU. And I think it really put him behind the eight ball as far as the excitement that, that, that could have been out there. But the funny thing is, two years before that, NAU dropped like 45 points on Kevin Sumlin. So this has been pretty goofy the last couple of times. I think Arizona puts it to bed really early. And so I'll take the 38 and a half because if, if they don't win big, it's going to be just torturous to have Flagstaff have the upper hand on Tucson. Listen, Arizona State's going to knock their doors off. 38 and a half, too many points, too many points. Give me NAU. Okay. I just, I just, I just think the, that the amount of points is just uh, absurd, and Arizona's backups aren't as good as other teams' backups. So That's they true. may, they may, you know, they may be up by, by forty-two and then win by thirty-five. Yeah, I think what the but there's not a single. It, what's crazy is NAU's got really, really tall defensive backs against T-Mac. It's not going to matter. <laughs> so I, I this I I would love to see him go out there score three times in the in the uh, opening game. That'd be fantastic. All right. Uh, UCLA versus Coastal Carolina on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. UCLA is favored by 14.5 points. And the over-under is 67.5. That's a lot of points. Chase Garbers, Dante Moore, and the the kid from – and the other court quarterback, Shalee, are all going to play according to Chip, even though Chase Garbers is going to start. Kind of weird. We talked about that a lot last week. Um, I don't think he knows. Um, you said that he he probably has a feeling. I don't think he knows. He knows um, who. Listen, he knows who he thinks it's going to be. He normally doesn't play more than one guy. He's going to do it again. I mean, he's going to do it. Going to give them a little bit of time, and then he'll make a decision. That's it. Yeah. I don't love anything about the spread or the over under, so I'm going to go both. I'm going to go against UCLA on both sides. Um, I'm also fascinated that Tim Beck, who has been an assistant under everyone, um, he's been a college assistant for 24 years. He's co- he's been the head coach at three different high schools, but he's been an assistant for 24 years. He helped uh, North Carolina State run a really great offense with Devin Leary the last few years. Um, I think he got ran out of Texas. Uh, and he had some time at Nebraska. He's been everywhere. This is his first time as a college head coach. First mm. time he's been coaching since the eighties. And, uh, and he's taken over for, for Chadwell who went to Liberty. And the expectation is that coastal Carolina is going to keep that offense going. This is a different offense. So I don't know if I trust coastal Carolina either, but I definitely don't trust UCLA at this point in the season. So I'm taking coastal Carolina plus four <laughs> and a half and the under. All right. Um, give me UCLA plus the points. I do believe that they're going they, – like they have a history of starting slowly. And 
I wouldn't put that past him, but uh, listen, it is a different regime over there, Coastal Carolina. And UCLA's defense has got to be better. It just has to be. And um, this this over-under feels a little bit tight for me. Feels a little bit tight because if if I'm going to take the under, that means UCLA's defense is going to have to play pretty well. You know what I mean? Like that, like that they're not going to be able to give up win 42 to 28. Yeah, like and that would be a cover. A, a DC who's never, ever been a DC before. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to take the over just in case UCLA, you know, their defense is not where it needs to be to start the game. And we got a Sunday game. Yes, San Jose State versus Oregon State. Still be on a visit then. <laughs> um, Oregon State's favored by 16 and a half points. Uh, USC just beat this team by 28 points. Oregon State's defense should be better. But San Jose State has some dudes. I'm still taking Oregon State, though, and the under of 56. And the under, wow, okay. Uh, I love about this game that Siobhan Cordero has already played against USC, so we're going to get some comparative analysis, which is always fun. Uh, Siobhan Cordero is like a super duper senior. Um, so good luck. <laughs> Not even just a super defense. senior. He's at a super no, duper a super senior. Super duper senior. Um, I can't and he wasn't even in, in danger of throwing a pick. No, no, no. He, I thought he looked great. I really did. Um, DJU, are you excited to – he's got three receivers. The starters are all under six foot. So he's going to be throwing down at them. He's going to be like Adam Sandler – in Billy Madison throwing dodgeballs at kindergartners. Yeah. Oh, uh, Pete Thamel put out a tweet. Uh, this was today. He was on ESPN less than two hours ago. And he said that here's our update on Utah quarterback Cam Rising, whose sources told ESPN it's doubtful to play against Florida tomorrow. That's coming from the Thamel man. Whew. He knows his stuff. That is a bummer. Well, so we what, what we what we both went with Utah. Yep. At four and four and a half, I believe. Let's let it ride. I'm gonna let it ride. Yep. I'm letting I'm letting it ride too. All right. Um, yeah. So who are you taking San Jose State, Oregon State? 16 and a half over under 56. I'm going to take Oregon State and the over. I am going to take Oregon State and the and the under. I am excited to see what DJ Uyangalele is going to be able to do if we're going to see Aiden Childs playing as well. I, if he's going to get a little bit of reps in this game too, is particularly if it gets a little bit out of reach, I'm excited. I'm actually super excited to see this Oregon State team in general. This could be one of the last times that we see them, I mean, put together a team that's Super good like this because they may be not a power five conference. So enjoy it while it lasts. I hope that it doesn't come um, 
you know, at a bad time. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that they're able to respond and be okay. All right. So on our way out, pick the pick who you think will be the player of the week. Okay. So the player of the week is not going to come from Arizona or from Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Or Arizona State because they're playing FCS teams. I'm going to go with – okay, they're not going to want to give it to Caleb Williams. Yeah, I'm going to go Caleb Williams versus Nevada. Okay. And I would agree with you that you shouldn't give it to anybody that uh, plays against a Big Sky opponent unless it's a revenge game. So, Tedaroya McMillan, you – are going to be <laughs> the Pac-12 player of the week. What? Absolutely not. Absolutely Five, not. 516 yards receiving, four touchdowns. It's going to be great. Okay, so b- before we get out of here, I want to go over one thing. Okay. So the the blue chip ratios came out for 2023. And that is the teams who signed... Uh, the percentage of your roster that is four and five star kids over the last four classes. So history says that no team has won a national championship without a blue chip ratio over 50%. Okay. Nobody. And that started in 2013. Now, of course, you've had teams like Wisconsin, Baylor, Michigan State, TCU, Utah, Cincy, and TCU all make the champion or make the playoff in the last decade. Well, the problem with that is, is that they've all pretty much gotten their doors knocked off when they got to play somebody who had a high blue chip ratio. Now, it's not a measure of can you make the playoffs or not. It's just, can you win the national championship or not? So, for instance, in 2022, Georgia had a 77% ratio. In 2021, they had a 80% ratio. And then, uh, and they actually beat the team that had the number one blue chip ratio in Alabama. Now, um, and three of the four playoff teams in 2021 were blue chip ratio teams, except for... Cincinnati, who was the first crasher of the party since 2017. 2020, Alabama 83, 19, LSU 64, Clemson 61, uh, Alabama in 2017, 80%. Clemson did it with 52% as well. So it's, you know, so now all high school and JUCO signees are counted. Walk-ons are not signees, so they do not count. Al, so how many Pac-12 teams do you think have a blue chip ratio over 50%? Zero. <laughs> there are two. Right? There oh, are two. There are two. Okay, cool. Yes, because one of them fell out last year. <laughs> and um, so it is Oregon at 67% and USC at 52%. 
And guess who has the highest? This is the highest I've ever seen before in my life. And remember, Georgia had 77% last year. Okay, well, you, I, I figure you brought it up because it's Dan Lanning? No, 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 no. Lanning, I just told you, Oregon, Oregon has 67. Oh, okay. okay, Oregon has 67. Is, there, is it USC borrowing from? USC uh, has 52%. Okay. They have 52%. But I'm saying, who do you think is the number one of all the college football? Oh, in the whole country. I was thinking back to yeah. Okay. And I told in you, Georgia country. last year had 77%. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say with the heater they've been on, is it Texas? Nope. It is. Okay. It, now, now, mind you, it's the average over the – well, sorry. It's over the last four classes. Penn State? Nope. Penn, Penn State's only Damn. at 55%. It wow. is okay. the University of Alabama. Well, yeah, there's that. At, I was trying to be smarter than the no. question. 90%, Ralph. 90. <laughs> 90. That's why he's out here crying about the depth charts. <laughs> 90%. And then Ohio State is number two at 85%. Nick Saban has to worry about his players' feelings like ancient Greeks had to worry about pissing off the gods. <laughs> Dude, 90%, that is unreal. And Ohio State's two at 85%. Georgia is number three at 77%. Texas A&M, 73% at number four. Mm. Hey, that, that only one thing can be wrong there. If you got all that talent, coach. Uh, Clemson at number three, 72. LSU, 71. Texas at 70. Oklahoma at 70. Oregon at 67. Uh, Notre Dame at 65, Florida at 64, Miami at 61, Penn State at 55, Michigan at 54, USC at 52, and Auburn at 51. So those are the teams that you get to pick to win a national championship, Ralph. Okay. But, well, then how is it going to be Colorado then? I thought it was going to be Colorado. I thought that that was the key was just bring Dion in and you win. No, dude. So give me in the, so now give me your playoff predictions before. Yes. Okay. Um, Well, it's still four teams, right? Yep. Still 12 yet. Yeah. So uh, the two teams that don't play anybody. So Michigan's going to be there. Georgia's going to be there. Um, it's going to be a second SEC team. I'm going to get cute and say that this year, that second SEC team will be Alabama. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to get cute. Uh, and then let's throw USC in there. So USC, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. Oh my God. That's terrible. Um, all right. What, what aren't those all those teams like ranked in the top five going into the season? Uh, pretty much. Give me Alabama. Give me Ohio State. Give me Oregon. And give me Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame's going to take USC out. 
and Oregon's going to beat USC. So that's two losses. Sayonara. Um, Alabama's going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship, but beat them in in a way that they're not going to be able to get into the playoff. And Ohio State's going to beat Penn State and beat Michigan, and Penn State's going to beat Michigan too. But then, but then Penn State's going to lose another game besides to Ohio State. All right, George Reister noted Kyle McCord believer. We're putting it in now. I think they made the wrong decision not starting Devin Brown, but that's because I am a what? Arizona Homer. That is right. <laughs> well, you guys, those are our picks before the season starts. Uh, Ralph, will uh, you keep track of our playoff picks too? I was doing a better job this year than I did last year, yes. Yes, because I just want to be able to come back and be like, yo, I called it. All right. Well, no, I'm definitely not going to let you forget that you put Ohio State in there. Yep. Uh, pl- so. Please. Okay. Please, please don't. All right. Peace out. Catch you guys next week. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.